Thanks for downloading this message from Devoted, the Christ Central Festival for all the family. Christ Central is part of New Frontiers, and our distinctives are made up of four priorities. Being friends enjoying God together, building churches empowered by word and spirit, advancing the kingdom transforming the world, and reaching nations making disciples. Devoted is just one event, but you can find out more about Christ Central and other training opportunities at ChristCentralChurches.org. For more about Devoted, please visit DevotedEvent.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time. We're going to make a start then on this seminar. So if you're here for parenting, you're in the right place. Um, just want to say a really warm welcome to you all. My name is Kate. I'm one of the leaders at Hope Church in Harrogate. Um, and it's our, our privilege to host this seminar. Myself and my husband, John, we're hosting this for the next three mornings, um, where we've got Rachel with us speaking, and we're so excited about what she's going to bring. So we're blessed with Rachel, um, who's actually a member of our church in Harrogate. She's on our leadership team. And we know that what she's going to bring to us all this, these, these next three mornings is just going to be so profound and so inspiring and encouraging. Uh, I'm really excited about that. Um, you'll have read probably about the, the, about a bit about her. So she's an author. Um, she's written a course, Parenting Children for a Life of Faith, which she's just been given a massive grant to roll out across this country. So it's very exciting times for her. Um, and yeah, so, um, so I just thought just before we start, really, I don't know whether what you're like or how you feel like at the moment, but for me, I think having had the worship time and a poor night's sleep and everything else, my mind's just a bit crazy and I'm a bit unfocused. So I just thought it would just be really great if we just take a couple of minutes just to focus on God, just to really um, come to him because we know that he's got all the answers to our questions. <laughs> he, he's got all the needs that our children need. He's got everything. He can supply everything. So let's just come before him. So let's just take a moment. Just close your eyes, just maybe hold out your hands, just ask the Holy Spirit to come and come and fill us and come and inspire us. So Lord, we just say that we need you. Thank you that you are here. Thank you that you, it's you that changes lives. It's you that moves people on, God. And we just say we need you. Would you come and speak? Would you come and change our hearts? Would you come and inspire us, Lord? Thank you that you are true. And you have everything that we need, Lord. And just as I was um, praying about this morning, um, I just felt like God said that I've got a word for somebody here, that someone feels that they're really under pressure, that they've got a pressure to get it right with their kids, or there's going to be eternal consequences, there's going to be bad consequences if you don't get it right. And I just feel like God's answer to you is that he says he wants to take the pressure off, that he's the one responsible for your children. (laughs) And he just wants to set your thinking free now so that you can listen to Rachel free from that, free from any pressure um, to have to get all all it right yourself. So just want to welcome Rachel up to come and uh, speak to us. Let's give a round of applause. Hello. You survived. Good morning, everybody. And it looks like, did anyone manage a shower this morning? What? All right, fine. I did not manage a shower this morning. Just so you know, I am dirty. And that's okay, because we're camping. We're camping. Uh, So well done, those of you who managed a shower. Were they okay? Any information that we need to know? Yes? No? Do we need this flip-flops? Are they flip-flop showers? Flip-flop showers. Okay, good. Uh, 
Welcome. Uh, my name is Rachel Turner. Uh, we are going to be talking about parenting children for life of faith for the next three days. It's going to be great. If you fall asleep, feel free. Just so you know, if I can bless you with a nap, bless you. Uh, enjoy. Uh, feel free to relax, to move around, to utilize space. Uh, this is your time to think about stuff that we often rarely have time to think about, our children's spiritual walks. Uh, so I'm glad you're here. Welcome. We have a, a lot of stuff. We've been praying for you for weeks, and uh, we want you to get out of this what you need. So if you feel like you have a question, you want to say something, you have a burning thing in your head that you want answered, um, please feel free to interrupt me to ask a question uh, because I want this time to be valuable for you. Uh, so uh, let's go on this journey together. Uh, a, a while ago, I was at a seminar uh, you know how sometimes you go to seminars because you want to go to the seminar, and then there are other seminars you go to because you're like, eh, there's nothing else to do, and it'll be a place that I could check my phone. And I was at one of those seminars, so I was kind of spacing out, and uh, at the end, uh, they had questions, and, and it was all about all-age worship or something. I wasn't really paying attention. And uh, at the end, this guy stood up and said, uh, what, about, what about parents? Shouldn't churches be helping us as parents parent our children to love God? And the seminar leader was oh so cash, and she sort of leaned over the corner and said, well, I just tell people to be Jesus to their children. And as you be Jesus to your children, they will know God and love him. And this guy sort of sat down, and I thought, what? If my child's spiritual life is based on my ability to be Jesus, my kid doesn't have a shot. Like... Maybe when I'm 98, like maybe, but nowhere near. And I, the man sat down and I sat down just thinking, that is oh, so burdensome. And I think often we feel that as parents. Like our job is to be the perfect Christians and then hopefully somehow our children will become Christians. And so we try all of these things. We, we buy the books and we buy, books are good, by the way, books are good. But we buy the books and we, we, watch veggie tales until we want to vomit and we do all these things you know we memorize the verses we do all this stuff that you're supposed to do and we grow these god smart children these kids who know all the answers i've i've worked in churches for a long time i've been a children's pastor a youth pastor family life pastor there are some kids who i'm like there's this prophet in the old testament and they're like hosea and they know everything about scripture at all they can talk to me about trinitarian theology what they know loads and we want to, we want to grow these kids who love god and we feel stuck growing god's smart ones but the difference between a God smart kid and a God connected kid is massive. And I think our heart is to grow God connected children. The children who know who they are in Christ. The ones who, who access God's heart for themselves. Who come home from a bad day and say, someone said this horrible thing to me. And then they go to God and God tells them the truth about themselves and they get healing for it then. So we don't grow up to be 45 year olds who are still finding healings from our childhood. Instead, we're growing a generation who get connected to God and get healed and walk life with him from the very beginning. Our hearts are for our kids to feel safe in the heart of God so that when we get hit by a bus or when we die when we're 80, their faith won't wobble because their reliance is on him and not us. We want our kids to be God-connected, but we feel trapped 
only growing them to be God smart. And then we hope that if we God smart them enough, one day they'll leap into God connected and we just wait for that moment where they become God connected. And for the next three days, what I want to do is give you skills and tools and super practical stuff so that you leave devoted knowing how to grow God-connected children, not just God-smart ones. So is that, is that why you're here? Great. I'm not going to be talking about 14 ways to discipline your child. So if that's what you're here for, talk to Kate and John. Um, because that's not what I'm good at. What I'm good at is helping your kids uh, connect with God, and I want to help you with that. Um, so often, when we, when we talk about Parenting for Faith, we all come with, I don't want to say baggage, but I'm going to say the word baggage because I'm lazy. Baggage. Um, that comes with it because we've all been parented for faith in some way. So whether you were raised in a Christian home or a non-Christian home, you were raised in a way to think about God or not think about God. And then it becomes our turn. And if you've ever parented at all, you know that at some point your parents leap out of your mouth and start talking to your child. Um, I did this the other day. Caleb, my son, is like, I can't find it. And I'm like, did you look for it? And he's like, yes, I looked for it. And, uh, and I said, look again. And he's like, I'm looking with my faraway eyes and I can't see it right now. And then my mother manifested herself in me. And I said, if I go to your room, will I find it? And I was like, oh my God, it was my mom. It was my mom. I can't believe that. And now it makes sense. Um, and uh, my child goes, probably, that's why I'm asking you. And uh, that, it's somehow, I never came up with that answer when I was a kid. Uh, but our parents leap out of our mouth, and we just do what we think we should do. And often, particularly with spiritual lives of our children, we don't feel confident in knowing what to do. So we often wait for the really obvious moment. And so we wait, like jump rope. Have you ever seen, have you ever done jump rope? Uh, skipping skipping rope thank thank you sir uh so this skipping rope where two people on the outside do this and then if you've never done it before this is what happens two people do the rope and then you wait in a queue for a long time silently judging whoever's doing it now i could do that i'm fine oh and uh, you wait and you wait for your moment and you come up to your moment and your moment comes and then you're like everything's silent and the and the rope is swinging and universally i'm pretty sure people in south africa and uh, this is a universal thing you wait for the rope to come and then it's your moment the every the planets align and you leap into this thing and you're doing your thing and you're amazing and you can feel the awe of everyone around you and then you leap out and if it doesn't stop you're like yes and you walk to the back and everyone's like wow i mean they don't do that but you know inside they're going wow And I feel so often we feel that way when we're spiritually parenting because some of us are afraid of shoving it down our kids' throats. Some of our kids, some of us don't really know what to do. And so we just wait for the magical moment and we wait and we see our children's lives spinning out of control and we're like, a spiritual moment is going to come up any moment now, gang. It's going to be great. And we wait and we wait and wait and finally, it's it. Grandma is sick. And we're going to have to have a conversation. So we're there. We're there. And we're waiting. Oh, is it, is it this time? No, no, no. No, kid's not interested. Fine, fine, fine. We're going to church. Is it? Nope, nope. And we wait for it. And finally, the question comes. Why doesn't God make grandma better? And we're like, yes. And we leap into the spiritual moment. We try to shove every bit of spiritual information into this thing. You know, we, there's a Bible story about Jesus. And Jesus is the healer. And he really is. And do you want to pray about it? You don't have to pray about it. But you can if you want to. Just lay hands on it. But we don't have to do it now. You can do it later if you want to. And I'm, I'm here for you. We get out. 
Thank you. Thank you. And if our child does not hate God or us, we're like, nailed it, spiritual parents. And we walk away. But that can feel so powerless. Because one, it adds a huge amount of pressure to those moments. And we get terrified of getting those moments wrong. And two, it means we're completely powerless of when those moments happen. And actually, that's not the model that God has for us. So if you have a Bible, let's look at Deuteronomy 3. Nope, 4. Nope, 6. Let's just go to Deuteronomy and we'll find it together. Back in my tent. Just so you know, so I'm going to rely on Bible Gateway for Deuteronomy. Or the two people who brought Bibles can give it to me. Here we go. Deuteronomy 4, 6 to 9. If you're like me and don't bring your Bibles because you're camping, then I'll read to you. What, what, what is this? Oh, fine. Okay. It's Deuteronomy 4. It's the Bible. Sorry. What is this? Right. Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9. And so this is, this is God talking to the Israelites. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. And we're like, yes, God, yes, God. That's what we want for our children, to love you with all their heart, soul, strength. And then this is the plan. Be Jesus to your children. No, it's not. Um, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And what I want you to notice about that is I, as a children's pastor, have no access to any of those places. We, as a church, have no access to any of those places. None of us in church get to crawl into your children's bedrooms, sit next to their bed and go, Morning. Let's talk about God. We don't get to do that. The, the place for prime children's discipleship is in our home. But what I love about it is it doesn't say do church at home. It doesn't say make sure you do your family devotionals or your child will hate God. What it says is in the average, everyday, stupid, boring parts of life, do discipleship. And you know what? As half-tired parents who don't sleep very well, I have access to the boring parts of life. That's one thing I've got nailed is lots of little time with my kids sitting in cars waiting for my other kid to get out of something or in a queue of a grocery store. Discipleship is designed for tired parents to do in the mundane bits of life because that's where we want God to be in the lives of our children. We don't want them to think I need to go to this special juju place to get God. We want them to know that when they're at school, walking home, desperately sad, God, the living God, is next to them, is speaking to them, and is healing them in this moment. And if we want that to be our children's reality, then that gets to be the place where we disciple. And it's designed for us to do. Which means that you don't have to be brilliant at it. You don't have to be the best children's pastor in the world. You, as a parent, have been called by God to do the mundane bits of life with him and your children. And doing the mundane bits of life with him and your children is going to create children who are God-connected. And we're just going to give you tools to do that. Does that make sense? Okay, good. So, 
It does require proactivity. And I know a lot of us are thinking, I don't have time to shove anything else into our life. And it's not going to be that. It's how do we take what we're already doing and tweak it ever so slightly so that we're doing it with God. But before I tell you stuff, I want you to write down your stuff. What is your vision for your kids? So if you can get a piece of paper, that's great. If you don't have a piece of paper, John, would you mind um, passing them around along with some of the team? And um, what we're going to do is I'm just going to ask you to write down something. Because we rarely get time to think about this stuff. And so if you need a piece of paper, great. If you have a notebook, fine. If you don't want to do this, feel free. But I want you to write down the answer to two questions. The first question is, in 10 years' time, what do I want my child's spiritual life to look like? For each, If you have multiple kids, do that. If you don't have a kid yet, then think, in 10 years' time, I'll have a 5-year-old, and I want that 5-year-old's life to look like this. If you're an aunt or an uncle or grandparent, feel free to pick a child. In 10 years' time, what do I want my kid's spiritual life to look like? What do you want them to think about church? What do you want them to think about God? How do you want them to connect with him? I'll give you two minutes just to jot down some bullet points. You won't have to share this. This is just for you. When you're done writing that down, I want you to just write underneath it, where is my child spiritually now? And, and some of us don't, don't fully know, and that's okay, but it's just helpful to know. If your kid doesn't have a faith yet, that's okay. child can't understand words yet fine
I'll give you 30 more seconds. If you feel you're not 100% sure where your kids are, that's okay. But you have a week now to be like, all right, I'm going to ask my kids some questions. I'm going to find that out. If you feel like you know, fantastic. The simplicity of parenting for faith is this. So often we feel like we have to keep 14,000 spiritual plates spinning. We've got to make sure church is happy. And then there's personal stuff happening. And are we doing prayer time and keeping it all? Because if we heard them correctly, they'll get faith. And it's not. It's just thinking, what is the next step for my child spiritually? And how can I help them take it? That's it. Because there will be a thousand things that you could do with your kid. But there's always the next step. And so what is the next step for my child spiritually? And how can I help them take it? If your kid is, is unique and right... Oh, that's so subtle. That's beautiful dance. Uh, Lydia Davy needs a cuddle. Um, that's all it is. So don't feel, if your kid's like, your kid's not praying, your kid hates the Bible and struggling with church, that's okay. But you know what? God has a strategy for your child. And all you need to do is sit with God and say, okay, God, what's the next step for my kids spiritually? And how can I help them take it? Right. It's, it's church. So what we're going to do is we're just going to focus on that and I'm going to use my skills in that area. So feel free to take it one at a time because when we do these seminars, you think there's 30,000 things I need to do. What is the next step for my child spiritually and how can I help them take it? So in 10 years time, not only is your kid going to flourish now, but will flourish then and you take them on the journey. Does that make sense? Okay. So I'm going to give you some skills and these tools you will use on your journey for the next step. One of the main things is to position ourselves well, because we feel like often we default to the teacher, the one who is going to shove information into our kid's brain. And actually, that's really unhelpful, and then you end up in the power struggle of a lifetime, uh, trying to force your kid to do things. Uh, and it's a totally different heart position. And I can tell you this by sort of giving you an analogy. I once worked for a church. It was a very large church, Southern California, and uh, our senior leader was the awesomest person in the world ever. I mean, there's Jesus, and then there's Jim Bradford, like right there, like he was amazing. And I was 19, I was the assistant youth secretary, my first taste of real power, and uh, I got to go, and, and I loved, I loved him, and I got to be part of his crowd, you know, like at lunch, I could, I could laugh with him, you know, well, I mean, he was sitting over there with the senior team, but like, if I, if I listened really carefully, he could tell a joke, and I could be like, ha, 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 and we laughed together, you know, me and Jim, we were, we were, I was part of his crowd, I loved being part of his crowd, you know, we got to like, when he'd be like, prayer ministry, you know, and I'd like, I'd like the staff team to come forward, I'd be like, I'm part of his crowd, excuse me, excuse me, I need to catch some falling people, and I just would sort of go, I was part of his crowd, and he prayed for me, um, once, uh, I was part of the 150 people who came forward to receive, but he, he touched my head, we connect. He, we were, I was part of his crowd. I loved it. You know, he'd preach and he'd tell stories and I'd laugh. And I just, I, I felt so connected. Well, 
I just loved being part of his crowd. And uh, one day, uh, we went to a staff retreat, Palm Springs Resort, thank you very much. Senior leaders take note. And uh, we went, and at the end, they talked vision, 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 whatever. There was lots of pools. And uh, at the end, I was, we went to do one more jacuzzi dip, and we came out. And my friends thought it would be funny to leave me in the lobby. So I'm there, you know, with like 13 towels, you know, how you sort of try it. And I look over, and Jim Bradford and the senior team were putting their bags in the car. And they all went in, and he was left holding the bags. And there was me holding my towels. Um, and... Jim looked at me, and I don't know if he thought that I was in trouble or something, but he sort of wandered over like, you know, it's awkward to talk, it's awkward to not talk, so he defaulted for awkward to talk. So he sort of comes over, and as he's coming over, I began to freak out, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, Jim Bradford. And I realized in that moment, I had been part of his crowd for five years, totally comfortable as part of his crowd. I had never had a one-to-one conversation with Jim Bradford before that moment. And I thought, what do I do? Do I introduce myself? Do I not introduce myself? Does he know me? I don't know if he knows me. Should I explain? Should I not explain? Should we talk about whether, should I ask a theological, what should I do when I'm one-to-one with Jim Bradford? Totally freaked out. He came over and he's like, hello. And I'm like, I was swimming. And and he was like, I can see that. And then ding, the lift went and I was like, and I went into the lift and that was my moment with Jim Bradford. Uh, But it switched so much from me being part of his crowd to being terrified and not knowing what to do one-to-one. And I feel often our children feel that with God because we do everything together, if you think about it. We pray at mealtimes together. We go to church together. We sing together. We read the Bible together. We talk about it together. We do bedtimes together. And then we say, you can one-to-one have a relationship with the living God who can kill everybody in one flood uh, by yourself enjoy and we leave them to it and they don't know so when we ask them to pray out loud we're like all right and spotlight on the kid and the kid's like looking at the living god going um and so you get no you do it no you do it no you do it and you end up wrestling the child you cannot get to stop talking now you cannot get to say a sentence out loud if you know you're bribing them please talk to god with like six words Because there's something about not knowing how to have an individual relationship because we do everything together. And the beauty of parenting for faith, the way God designed it, is that we get to be the ones who teach them to have an individual relationship with God. Because if they're reliant on the corporate, then they're going to be over-reliant on their youth pastor, their senior leader, and they will never stand up as strong ministers of the kingdom and people who flourish in relationship with him if they're dependent on somebody else. And so our job is to teach them how to have that one-to-one connection with God. And we're positioned to do that because they need to see it. If you think about it, how do our kids think we pray? And we'll talk about this when we do. We're going to do a whole session on prayer. Um, But our children think we pray like this. Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Please give us wonderful things. And we're sorry. And in Jesus' name, amen. But in our heads, this is how we normally pray. Oh my gosh, I'm so mad at that person and it just makes me so angry. And oh, a parking spot, God, that's so cool. We have, this is how we pray normally, but all our kids get to see is, dear Jesus. Um, and they're not equipped for the individual that happens. And our job as parents is to show them what the nitty gritty, when it's not all going great and when we don't have money and when grandma is sick and you know what, I'm feeling a bit dry today, faith looks like. 
Because that's the reality of life with God. We live in an imperfect world and we're imperfect people. And it's not always going to be the most perfect thing in the world. But he is faithful and he is strong through it all. And if we just tell them it's happy Skippy, God loves you and we should care for each other. We're not equipping them for the flourishing wonderfulness that life with God is. And so instead of thinking that our job is to be perfect and train our kids to do Christianity well and to have a perfect life with God, our job is to say, you know what? I'm still on the journey and I'm walking it. And you know what? You're on the journey and you're walking it and this is what it looks like for me. Let's walk together. When we do that, one, it releases the pressure from us because none of us get it right. And we do some epic fails. It's excellent. But it also means that we get to watch the joy of our children learn to love God and make mistakes and be disappointed. I want my kid to be disappointed with God when I'm there because I can walk them through it. If I, may, if I protect him from any of those bad things, then he gets 18 and then has to experience it by themselves with no one walking alongside. It's the walking alongsideness that's the power. And if you think about it, it's the power for us as a community. That's what we do with each other. None of us are trying, well, hopefully, we're not trying to go, perfect Christian, that's me. This is what it looks like all the time. We're going, you know what? I don't know how I'm feeling today. I just want to cry. And then we do that. And that's the joy of our relationship. And that's what we can give to our kids. So there are three tools. How do we do this? The first one is to create a window into your life. I um, am a nosy person. Just going to let you know. Uh, if you leave your tent open, I will look in. I'm, I, won't, I won't go in. I'm not a monster, but I will look in. And uh, we used to live in these terraced houses. And, uh, and terraced houses are amazing because it's the same footprint, but everyone's house is different. And um, Mark and I have differing uh, feelings about net curtains. I feel that's just a pretty frame to look through. Mark feels like it's a big sign that says, don't look at my house. So when I walk past, I'm like, oh, look where they put the couch. That's so interesting. Look, oh, look, there's a bar. And my, my moral standard is if I keep walking, I'm not prying. So I keep walking. My husband is 15 feet ahead of me while I give running commentary on other people's houses. And... Uh, And I love it. We love looking in and going, they do it differently than me. And that's so interesting. We love hearing each other's stories of of how people are experiencing things with God. And our children have the same thing. And we do this with all of our relationships. We show the tip of the iceberg to our children in almost all of our relationships. So we, my friends, my kid knows that when I'm upset, I call Liz. And I go, Liz, Liz, and then then Liz talks for a while and then I'm like oh no and then she prays for me and then I feel better my kid now that's not the fullness of my relationship with Liz but it is the tip of the iceberg my kid knows Liz is powerful in my life I go to Liz when I need help and we together connect that's feel free do you want to I know it's nice from up here um and so my kid my kid sees that our kids sees our relationship with our spouses or partners they know that when we kiss each other that when we are kind to each other that's a small aspect of our big thing our kids often never see the tip of our relationship with god almost never they don't see what our prayer life looks like they don't see what we're struggling with they don't know why we worship or how that is a that relationship is a complete mystery and so while our kids can model their friendships based on what they see with us, and they can, they can look at what kind of relationship they want based on our relationships with our friendships and our spouses. They don't get to do that with God because we hide that completely. And so what we need to do is strategically create windows 
into our relationship with God so that they can see the tip of the iceberg. Now, we're not going, look at it. Look at the fullness of the ugliness of my relationship with God today. I hate him. I hate him today. But we're saying there are moments in their lives, in our lives, that we need to say, you know what? When I'm feeling upset, this is what I do. And this is what it looks like for me. And so we open that. So if you have a quiet time, if you are lucky enough to be able to set aside time to have a quiet time, I didn't have one for, I think, five years when I had an under five. That's okay. Um, But if you have a quiet time, then instead of closing the door, because all children see is I'm going to go spend time with God. (sighs) And then you come out. And you feel great. And they have no idea what just happened. You could be body painting. Jesus himself could be down there drinking tea with you. They have no idea what happens. Leave the door open three inches. So they can see what it looks like. I knew a kid who would watch all of his dad's quiet times by just watching. And he would talk about it. They just, they just sit there. I'm like, what is God doing? And he's like, I think God's talking to him. I'm like, very interesting. What is your dad doing? Sometimes he sleeps. Interesting. Do you think... And we just talk about it. He was absolutely fascinated because he knew that his dad was connecting with the living God. And sometimes he read his Bible and sometimes he listened to songs and sometimes he fell asleep. And all of that was time with God. And so he then began to do it in his own life. Um, I knew a family who um, started reading their Bible. The mother read her Bible, sat reading her Bible, trying to read like the same verse over and over again in front of her three under sixes. And, um, and her kids would be... And she's like, I'm reading my Bible because I really want to connect with God today through the Bible. And she read within three weeks, she found each of her, their children reading her, their Bibles in their rooms by themselves. Not because she said you have to, not because she said you want to do, just because she said this is important to me and this is what it looks like for me. What, do you, what would be helpful to create windows into your life about? Um, there was a, a granddad who was dying and just created a window into how he's dealing with death with his grandchildren. He would be like, I'm talking to God today about it, or I'm a bit scared today, but God's reminding me of, 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 um, of heaven and what it's going to be like, and I'm beginning to get excited. And he just, share, he just shared with it. He talked about his fears. He talked about his excitements. And these children grew up going, when I die, I know how to die because granddad talked about it. What window can you create into your life? Um, feel like someone, Kate, no, verbally frame you. The second one is, so create windows into your life. And God will tell you, oh, I need it. If your kid's struggling with friendships, talk about your friendships and how you deal with it with God. Whatever, whatever is next for your kids spiritually, start creating windows into that. The second thing is to verbally frame. It's like one of my top two things. If I could teach you anything, it's verbally framing. This is what we do with under fives all the time. This is your life. You're walking around going, Oh, look, there's clouds. Clouds are in the sky. Clouds give rain. Um, and cloud, the sky is blue. The sky is blue. Because you're just constantly talking as a parent of another five because there's no one else to talk to. And you are teaching them how to see the world. I used to try it with spiritual stuff with under fives because I thought he's not going to remember. So I used to be like, I used to be like, the Trinity is like an egg. Is it? I don't know. I'm not sure. No, never mind. Ignore that. And he's like one and a half. And I was just trying to explain, how do I explain this to you in a way that you'll remember in three years? And I just began to, to explain, but we explain it all the time. We explain stuff all the time. And then nature helps us by giving them the question, why? And then 
then we want to poke our eyeballs out. But it teaches us how to verbally frame. This is what's happening. This is what you're seeing. This is what it is. And they have all these questions. But what happens is we forget to do that spiritually. We forget to do that when we talk about fear or when we talk about um, fair trade. Whatever it is, when we go to church, do we just go, we're going to go to church, we're going to sing the songs, and then you can go to kids' group. Yes, you'll be able to go to kids' group. It's not yet. It's not yet. It's not yet. Or do we show up and we say, this is when we connect with God. And when we connect with God, this is what happens to our hearts. And how I choose to do it, feel free to do it too. What do we need to verbally frame? And uh, Kate has a really good example of what she did at church. Um, of just verbally framing in the moment. And you want to tell us about? Um, so there was um, just during a worship time, there was a guy bringing a prophetic word, and um, he was he was responsive to the Holy Spirit. So as he was bringing his word, he was like this and ooh and moving like this, and um, so it looks quite strange, doesn't it? And so she said to Josie, "said What's going on? What what's happening to him?" Like she was a bit like this is weird uh, to me. And I was like, oh, I can use this. <laughs> this is exciting. So I was like, so I explained sometimes when the Holy Spirit comes, it's God and he's powerful and he's big and he makes our body do strange things. And I was like, maybe would you like the Holy Spirit to come and touch you and you can meet God? And she was like, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, should we pray? And she went, whoa, and just basically she was totally copied exactly what he did. So it wasn't real. <laughs> it wasn't true happening, but it was quite fun. <laughs> Which is great for several reasons. One, um, one, she framed in the moment. She could have said, shh, don't make fun of the guy. Uh, but she chose, to, she chose to do it. Two, she allowed her kid to play with it. It's okay to play. And so her kid responded that way. And um, I don't want to expose your kid. Would you mind sharing about a couple of weeks later? Is that all right? Because what, what I'm not sure they made the connection with was they told their kid this. And several weeks later, this is what happened. Well, it's just wonderful. So our, the same girl, Josie, um, so I, one of the leaders in the church, I got up to the front, was just kind of ministering to the church, just saying, let's receive from God right now. Let's receive the Holy Spirit. And uh, I wasn't really paying attention to Josie at all, but she came up to me. Half, this is the same story you're thinking yeah. about. She came up to me halfway through the service. She grabbed hold of my hand. She said, Daddy, I've just felt God. I've just felt God. And she was jumping up and down. She was saying, I felt God on my hands. My hands feel warm. I know in my heart that he loves me. It was just wonderful, a moment like that. So it just goes to show, doesn't it, actually, in that kind of strange moment that Kate had, where Joseph was being very honest, actually, it just led to something a lot more profound in that sense. And what John didn't see was that for about the six minutes beforehand, Josie, standing on her own with no one around her, was like this, connecting with God. Because her mom, several weeks beforehand, had told her how to do it and what it looks like. And when we, when we lay that verbal framework, our kids go, oh, I know what this is, and I know how to choose to engage with that. And that's our job is to run ahead, give them these frameworks to know how to engage with God. So when they want to, they have all the skills they need to to do that. Does that make sense? So whether it's how you connect with God, there was a mom who was doing washing up, and when she'd get washing up, she would get more and more like verbal, and then it was like, stop it, stop it, stop it. I expect you to be quiet. And then she'd lose it, like we all have. You know, where you think you're not yelling, but actually you're just talking really loud. And... Uh, and then she would go absolutely quiet. And then her kids would think, and now she's thinking of a thousand ways to kill us. And so then would sort of like, Bleh. but what she was always doing was going, God, I don't want to be that mom. I calm me down, blah, blah, blah. And so she would calm herself down, but her kids didn't know that. So her kids were like, for the next, you know, 20 minutes, mom loses it. Mom gets quiet. And when she learned about verbal framing, what she learned to do was to tell her kids, sometimes I get angry and then I go quiet. When I'm going quiet, I'm telling God, I don't want to be that person, God 
God, pour your water on my heart. Let me be the one. And I'm just connecting with him in those moments. So please give me some space. And then I'll come out and have a talk. And so her kids became really comfortable. Oh, it's one of those mornings. First morning. Da-da-da. 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 That was excellent. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so her kids began to learn that when her mom goes quiet, she's connecting with God. And so when she would start to get stressed, her 10-year-old would go, I think we're winding you up. Would you like some time with God? And then they would all give her some space because we all prefer mom having connected to God. And and it, it made that, and it meant that her kids knew that that's where you go. And she said she found that then her kids would start going and connecting with God in ways um, themselves when they found it because it was framed for them. Um, so verbally framing, whether it's Brexit, whether it's how you're connecting with God. Seriously, I just wrote an article about how to talk to your kids spiritually about Brexit because they don't know. So talk to them, tell them the story and tell them the spiritual components of it and where our God is in it and just... Just fill them with a way to see the world that has God in it, in the realness of it. Um, And those two combined, creating windows and verbally framing, when you do it for yourself and then you show them how to do it and you talk about it. And Pete, I'd like to have Pete tell a story. Pete's going to tell a story about how he combined creating windows and verbally framing into something that has has created something really powerful for his family. Yeah, so so I've got... um a little boy called Josh, he's uh, six. Um, and what, we used this, uh, these two tools uh, really, the first time I used it was for the situation that was really, really sad. Um, some, some best friends of ours in our church um, had, had, were pregnant and then they lost the child very early on. Um, and I was devastated. I got the call from, from Kate uh, and uh, I was sitting in the kitchen just crying my eyes out about the situation. And Josh, who's got a real tender heart, came up to me. He goes, Dad, why, why are you crying? Um, and so I just shared a little bit about, about why I was crying. Um, but one of the things that I've really wanted to do is to teach kids that when life's rubbish, um, that, that God's still good uh, and that God's still faithful. And so the way I do that, the way we do that, is we say in those tough times, we, we go to worship. And so we've got like a Spotify on our, on our desktop there. And I said, Josh, um, I'm, I'm so sad, but we need to go and worship. This is what we will do. Um, and I showed him it, and we put it on, and we cried through, worshipping. And, um, and then, unfortunately, our friends um, fell pregnant a second time, and they lost the second baby. Um, and through that first framing, I, I was crying again, and Josh came. He said, Dad, we need to worship. And he went, and he found You Are Faithful on Spotify, and he put it on. Um, and that's, that's the reality of it, is that my son is then leading... <laughs> me through that as well so um it's really powerful it works uh and you don't have to be an expert at it can you see how if if he hadn't been crying in front of his kid and talked about it it would just been a religious activity to do but because he created a window to how he was processing and he then verbally framed what it is his child for the rest of his life will know that when you're in grief you go to worship and what what pete did also was he invited him in that's the third thing we create windows we verbally frame and then we invite 
And that doesn't mean you have to do a corporate thing. That doesn't mean now we're going to worship as a family. What, means, what it means is, like Pete's saying, I need to worship and feel free to do it alongside of me. But my focus isn't going to be on you. It's going to be on God. And some, whether it's inviting your kid to go for a walk. If you go for a walk with God, then go for a walk with God and say, I'm not going to be talking to you. I'm going to be talking to God. But if you want to chat with God alongside me, great. As a parent of an under five, most of my time with God was spent, I am now going to play three songs and I'm going to lay on the floor with my hands in the air and I'm just going to sing to God and I'm not going to play with my kid. And I would tell him it's daddy God time, not Caleb time. And I would lay on my back and I'd say, feel free to lay next to me. And so for the first two songs, he would poke my eyeballs and crawl on my face and, you know, elbow me in my <laughs> precious points and it hurt. Uh, and I would just be singing in tongues and I would just be praying in tongues and I'd pat him, but this is my daddy God time. And after about two months, I would lay on the floor with my hands raised and most of the time he would just crawl and he would lay next to me in my arms and he would just soak in the presence of God while I worshiped. But it wasn't about him and it wasn't about us doing something together. It was because I needed to reach up and touch my father and this is what I was going to do. And sometimes he'd poke me in the eyes and sometimes he would rest. But he, he continually, even this morning, um, he is a kid who will want to sit very quietly even when everyone's dancing, I think, because of years of being at home and that's what he did music went on no matter how thing and i was too tired to stand up and i would lay on the floor and so he does that now because that's how he saw me connecting with god and how i framed it for him and so i would lay there and i would say i can just feel god kissing my forehead and uh, he was deaf for a while and he would he would tell god to kiss his forehead too but that was all because he did it because i was focused on god and so invite whether it's you serving in church whether it's however you connect with god my dad used to um, put on worship music and walk through the house and then he would love this moment and so he'd stop and he'd wave his fist for a little bit and then he'd keep walking and uh, and i became a person who's randomly listening to music and then i'll raise my hand and worship because that's what i saw and that's what he told me was happening to his heart and he would invite me to worship alongside of him whenever i wanted to so if you do nothing else trust that god has called you to this that you are what god's plan is for your kid in the mess of where you are spiritually because none of us are perfect and your imperfectness is very valuable to your child create windows into your life with god verbally frame for them what they need remember your vision of what you want them to have and ask God what the next step is and invite them into whatever you can that they may discover their own path with God as you coach them and proactively invite them into that. If you ever want to look at scripture in this, Jesus did this all the time. If you think about it, Jesus said, when you pray, go into a closet and close the door. And yet, he managed to pray in such a way that everyone could write down his prayers. You know what I mean? Like... Oh, Father, thank you for this day. And everyone's like, oh, just how Jesus prays. He wasn't doing it on purpose. He was creating windows into his life. He verbally framed. Do you remember when he was sitting around and watching the um, people come and give money? Like, how rude. Uh, People were giving money. And then he was like, okay, look, see that widow? That's what the widow's doing. And he framed for them what true giving is like. He He invited them to pray with him on the night of Gethsemane. He did this all the time. Read the Gospels. Um, in this way. That was exciting music. What was that? Um, Yes. So there's a couple of things we want to give you time. I'm ending early. Look at me. We got time. Sorry, keep going. Oh, Q&A. We'll do Q&A. We'll do Q&A. Before we do Q&A, we as... I want to get you shorter shorts, I think. (laughs) 
we as a team, we as a team want to support you in, uh, in, in, how, in this week. Uh, because I know some of us have lots of worries. Some of our kids are struggling to hear God's voice. Some of our kids are, are, are struggling. Some of us just as a family are struggling. So we have a couple of things. One, we have a lot of team members. Um, could, could I, we have the team stand up for me. Just Thanks. These people are here with little tags. Um, thank you. Um, thank you. Uh, these people are here to pray with you. And so if you ever want someone to just pray with you and prophesy over you or pray over your children, they're here at the end of every session because they just want to walk with you for a couple of days. So if your kid's struggling to sleep, come to them. They'll pray over your kids. They'll want to know how it went tomorrow and they'll pray over the next day. And, and we came together so that we can hold you as parents for a couple of days and walk alongside with you. And the other thing that we wanted to do was um, we're, tomorrow and the next day, we're going to be talking about prayer with your kids. We're going to be talking about how to, how to coach them through lots of stuff. But often we feel too close to our kids. We don't know what God is doing in their lives and spiritually. We feel like the only ones who are looking at your, you know, our kids and going, is this right? And so what we, we've done is we've put a bunch of papers out there. And if you want, we have a team of people ready um, to be praying for your children, and we want to prophesy over your children specifically, words of knowledge over your children, and Bible verses that we want to give you. So if you want, there are people standing by for three days to pray over your children and write down what they feel God is saying about them and their future and their lives and who they are, um, because parenting is lonely, and not this week. And so um, if you want, just go over there, write your name on it, and write the names of your children. You don't have to do last names if you don't want to. And uh, on the final day, we'll have them all here so that you can go away knowing that you have had a team of people who love your children, who see who God has made them to be, and, um, and just want to pour God's words upon them. Um, so do that before you leave. And uh, do you have any questions, concerns, ponderings? Yes. It's all right. Hi. <laughs> I couldn't say because I've uh, felt like I should stand up, but I won't. <laughs> um, I haven't got any children, but there's lots of children in the family. I've helped to raise them and everything. I've uh, got lots of cousins, and my brother's about to get married next year, and he's going to have a whole bunch because we're part Irish. Um, <laughs> and yeah, uh, part Catholic, but as well, um, evangelical. But anyway, um, you didn't need to know that. <laughs> um, I haven't got children at the moment, so the prayer over there, if I, if I write down, I really, want, really, really want to be married one day, really want to have children, a whole bunch of them, and I feel like I'm growing as a woman, getting more prepared and, and spiritually, and to bring all the gifts that would to be a parent, and also to be an auntie. Can I, yeah. can I put that down? Absolutely. That as well? Absolutely. If they're not your own kids, if you just want prayer for you, if you want yeah. kids that you may have, but you don't even know their names yet, write them down, say, unborn child, we'll go for it. <laughs> If you want it, over the things, write it down um, because we want to support you in your role in influencing kids, both your children that you will have and others. Any other questions, comments, thought, concerns, ponderings, <laughs> struggles, challenges? Yes. Yep. Yep. Sure. Great. Um, how do you deal with the issue of the devil? So they've been reading Revelations because the kid was interested. Good job. And uh, and now there's questions of the devil's whispering in my ear and and how do you talk about the devil? Right. Good question. Uh, what I tend to do 
is um, I tend to talk about the hierarchy. So um, I tend to treat the devil the way I want them to treat the devil, which is fairly dismissively, he's there, but kind of annoying. Uh, and so what I tend to say is there's God and there's Jesus and they made all sorts of things. They made angels and, and, uh, and that God made us. And he says that, you know, we're far surpassing the angels. And so in the hierarchy of powerful beings, angels are pretty far down. They're cool, but they're pretty far down. And then they just, the devil decided to leave and do other stuff. So like the devil has no power over us. Jesus is way more powerful, but he's kind of annoying. So how do we deal with annoying things like flies? Well, we, we get them out of our face. So um, I find sometimes when we, when we put it in a fight, that gives the devil a lot of power. So then they feel like and, they, and then you get all of the stuff. They're small. They can't fight. Other people who are bigger than them can fight back. Well, actually, we have all the power that we need. And so sometimes all we need to do is be aware of the trickiness. So if you feel that thoughts that aren't from God are in your head, you just go, you're not from God. Go away. And you can tell them that. And then you ask God, God, what's the real things to think about? And then you just work on that. But there's no fear around it. And there's no worry around it. And so I tend to stay away from words like fight or battle because that feels very high pressure. Um, where we just, we just swish it away um, is something. So I'll say, um, well, I'll tell the story. Um, very similarly, um, my kid, well, not very similarly, but my kid was struggling um, to hear from God. He's always re- heard from God really, really well. And all of a sudden, he just woke up one day and was like, I can't, I can't hear Daddy God's voice. And I was like, ooh, tell me, tell me what that's like. And he's like, I feel like something's like stopping it and, 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 and nothing can break through. And so we talked about scripture. We did all the stuff. We asked God if there was a word, you know, all the tools that I will give you in the future. And it just wasn't happening. And he's like, I feel like there's a baddie that's trying to stop it, it between me and, and God. And I thought well, we could go down the fight route and sort of declaring stuff. And I thought, no, actually. And so I said, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes I hide from you underneath a, uh, a blanket. A- am I actually gone? And he's like, no. I'm like, it's just a trick. It's just a trick that I'm pulling on you that you can whip away and go, ha ha, you always find me. And sometimes the enemy, because he's not very powerful, but he likes to trick us. And so what he's doing is just trying to trick you. So you can just go, ha ha, I see your trick. And then I push it away. And then it's probably, and he goes, okay, I see that trick. And I'm not going to let anything stop between me and daddy God. Cause that's what he said. And he's like, oh, and he could all of a sudden hear God's voice again. And when you, when you teach them how to deal with it without it being fearful, then that, that seems to be something that can go ahead. Does that help? But good job for reading Revelations when he asked. Good job for engaging with it because that's the best ever. So it sounds like you've done brilliantly. And just ways forward, we go for the annoying. Yes. Nice. Oh, look at Comments, thoughts, concerns, ponderings. We're going to have loads of time over the next days. Yes. Uh, I have one six-year-old. Yeah. So uh, partially, I wrote the books not from a perspective of a parent because I, one that drives me nuts because it's like, well, great, well, I don't have your kid. Um, and so for me, I, all of my stuff is based on 15 years worth of being a children's pastor and a youth pastor and working with a lot of parents. So I've worked with thousands of parents running parenting courses and things. So this isn't just my wisdom. This is the wisdom that we've sort of gathered from a bunch of people who've walked it a lot. Um, and so that's the, that's the main thing is it, it can't be about the perfect parent or the kid because every kid is different and every parent is different. So your answer to that question may be different than their answer. And that's all right. 
Me? Yeah. I mean, my kid struggles just like everybody else's kid. He went through a period where he was like, I don't like God. And I'm like, that's okay. He likes you. Uh, and we, <laughs> sometimes you don't like me. I'm still here. And so you, you figure it out. And so there's no, there's no perfect formula. And I think so often we feel like we have to produce the perfect spiritual child. And you know what? Sometimes kids go through years of feeling like they're disconnected from God, but that's okay. The important thing is that disconnection is part of the journey. It's not an end of a journey. And so our job is to, to walk with them through their struggles and let them be them. Um, because I'd never find in scripture, our job is to produce spiritual children. Our job is to parents spiritually. And so we can do our bit and they're going to go on their journey. And so my kid struggles like everybody else's kid struggles. And um, some days they're up and some days they're down. <laughs> and that's okay. Is that, does that? Okay. Yes. Can you use these tools no matter how old they are, even if you feel like you're playing catch up? Yes. Um, we've run parenting courses. Every time I run a Parenting for Faith course, half of the people who come are parents of older teenagers or, or adults. And we've seen massive fruit in 30-year-olds when we have 60-year-olds who started Parenting for Faith and started opening windows and creating windows and verbally framing. Um, I feel like you're getting strong. Um, because these are, the tools, these are the tools of sharing faith. And, and you never stop being a parent. If you're a parent, you never stop being a parent. You will know this. I still call my mom and be like, Mom, I don't, help me. I don't know what to do. You never stop being a parent, and therefore you never stop being spiritually influential in the lives of your children. Any other questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, ponderings? Yes. Hello. <laughs> so um, we grand, we're grandparents and have three children of our own, quite spread out. But God is a God of redemption. Our first child, I made so many mistakes with all the time, and particularly about doing stuff in church and not giving them time, all that sort of thing. And, you know, obviously I'd be shouting at her and then the phone would ring and I'd go, oh, hello, because I'm so nice, you know, but that wasn't true. So I learned very quickly not only to apologize to her, but to also talk about what God wanted from me and how I got it wrong so often. And God is a God of redemption. So part of my thing was talking to her, but part of it was saying to God, please help her to forget all this stuff because it's not helpful to her. And I'm so proud of who she is. She's now a leader's wife, but a leader in her own right as well in church. And, um, but also my youngest son became a Christian very early. And yet he would say to me, so it's this thing that Rachel was talking about, um, that we, we don't, where are your children? Where are your children in their walk and their life of faith? And he was a Christian really early. And yet for years, there were times when he'd say to me, did I really mean that? Was that really true? Did I really mean it at the time? And where am I now? And then he was a teenager and not that interested. And I think just to encourage you, there are lots of seasons. Don't think you've got it all sewn up because, oh, hey, I've done it. And here the kids are and they're doing really well. Just keep going because God is their God and will remain their God because of what they've seen in you, what Rachel's talked about today. And yeah, God has got a hold of them because you've prayed for them, really. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Any other burning questions, comments? Yes. Okay. Everyone wants to hear your wisdom. I, I, <laughs> um, one thing that 
we found is I was brought in a, up in a non-Christian home, but Steve was brought up in a, in a, in a Christian home. Um, but one thing we've noticed really is that there are some things that your children seem to have to learn away from, from, from you. Hmm. Um, and even, and that, that's okay. Um, there are some just trees they just have to discover for themselves. Um, I'm assuming that's a fairly common experience and not just particular to us, but and sometimes that's really scary and you think, oh, but actually it's, it, it's been invaluable to have other people who are giving the same message, but just perhaps in a different way. And uh, we can think of people right now that just have been so significant in our children's lives. And, and again, I'm, I'm assuming looking at our two children is that, that, that that's going to continue. There's going to be some stuff that we can't teach them that they're, you know, we, we may well believe it, but they have to go off and, and learn it for themselves. Yep, absolutely. And that's the power of us as parents. There's so many times where you're like, okay, can somebody else take my kid out? Thank you. Can someone else take my kid out and talk about them? I'm saying, because then you'll, they'll say the exact same thing and they'll come back going, wow, this person is so wise. They just said this. And you're like, I've said that like 30,000 times. But instead you're like, you're right. They are wise. And uh, you just, but that's, that's the power of community. That's why is because you, you can't give them that. And um, the more they see it, the more they'll find people like us. Because that's how we grow in our faith. We see somebody who's like us, who does something. And we're like, I want that for my life. And we are inspired by other people. And so it's great. Thank you for saying that. Yes. How do you, um, you said, you find out, the question at the beginning was, where is, where is your child now at? Yeah. How, how do you find that out? Um, what kind of questions would you ask them? Or would you just sort of look yourself? Or would you, would you question on a weekly basis? Or, you know, how do, yeah. you, how do you assess that sort of thing? It's a great question. Some of it is just paying attention to it. Because so often our bedtime routines are something is like getting dressed, getting in the bed, getting fine, and then we sort of see them. And some of it's just giving, giving you a bit of time to sort of see how they're responding to that and asking questions. A key thing, I find, is asking questions that don't have the right answers, particularly for Christian kids. Because any christian question how are you feeling with god they're like i feel great or you know god is lovely they know the right answer and they want to please you and so to take that out um i tend to ask questions that don't have a right answer for instance um you just wonder together um you know how god rested on the seventh day well when i rest i watch binge watch west wing um when daddy um rests he wants to go climb a mountain what did god do I have no idea. There's no right answer. You cannot in any way find the right answer. I mean, your kid could whip out, well, the original Hebrew says he stopped creating. Well, that's great, but what did he do? And you just leave it there. You can all go, I don't know. And then you can all wonder together. And what happens is then you come out with the kid. He did nothing. He's God. And you think, well, interesting. So their concept of God is nothing where, I don't know, he went around judging people. Well, that's interesting. And so you sort of find that. You can ask loads of questions. If, if Jesus was at your school, who do you think he would be most like and why? Um, why do you think, why do you think when I fell over, God didn't stop me from falling over and hurting myself? I don't know. Let's just ask the question. Let's just have a conversation. And then go, huh, that's really interesting. And then leave it. And the more our kids get used to just wondering about God, the more you get access to what their brain is doing. Um, you can also do would you rather questions. Would you rather read a book with God for an hour or go on a healing adventure with him. Why? And then you can find out what they like. And they go, neither. I don't like God. You're like, oh, interesting. Why? And then you just find out. And, and to let it be okay 
wherever they are is so important. So they don't feel a pressure to perform religion for you because the more they feel that pressure, the more you're going to lose connection to their heart. And what you want is, is connection to their heart. So you can say, that's your journey and that's okay today and this is where I am and this is how I feel. So ask questions that don't have right answers, questions you genuinely want to know, like will there be bacon in heaven? It's a very important question for me and I don't know. Uh, but it's a good question to have with your kids. Right. So I'm going to hand back to Kate tomorrow. Do we know what we're talking about tomorrow? We're going to be talking about prayer. We're going to be talking uh, about how to capture moments and help coach your kids through that. We'll answer any question you need and we'll also brainstorm tomorrow. And before you go, please put your name and your kids' names on a piece of paper so we can pray over them. But before we go, Kate's going to close with us. That was great. <laughs> Lots of food for thought. I just think it's good just to just take a moment now and just um, ask God for opportunities. We've got them now. We've got time all afternoon with our children. Um, things are fresh and, you know, things, things are going to happen. There's, there's kids around us. So let's just take a moment just to ask God for opportunities to use some of these tools and um, for exciting stories. So, yeah, God, thank you that you are here and that you're with us. Thank you for the exciting times that our kids have just had while we've been sat here. God, we just pray for this time we have together this afternoon, Lord, that you would create opportunities for us, that we'd be able to um, engage with our children and have fun with them and experiencing you together. <laughs> yeah, we just pray for inspiration, Lord, that we pray uh, specifically that we'd know where our kids are at with you. God, I pray you'd reveal that to us <laughs> and you'd, you'd teach us how to move them forward on this next stage of the journey. Yes. Oh, man. So um, please do write your names and leave the paper there, and we'll see you again tomorrow.